and welcome to another episode of The Meta. I'm your host, Jay Larson, and joining me again, bringing the thunder from down under, is one Aaron Well. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Jay. Thanks yet again for having me on. I really love just talking to you and talking about War Machine, and it's always fun to come on and, and have a chat. Uh, so, Aaron, can you uh, go ahead and, I guess, give an introduction to yourself? Okay. My name is Aaron. I from my accent, I am an Australian. Uh, I've been playing War Machine. Started playing War Machine in uh, 2011. Um, started off with Trolls very early on, and then after about 12 months, um, made the switch over to Cricks and have played Cricks ever since. So I think it's been 10 years since I'm playing Cricks and uh, and enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, a few ups and downs, but it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I, I remember selling you. Uh... Trollbloods models way back in the day, but I guess I'm kind of curious. What? Why did you pick Trollbloods when you when you have like such an affinity towards undead theming? Uh, <clears throat> very good question. Uh, <laughs> well, that's a good like, way it, this. In, in just about any game you play, you play the undead faction. Yeah, yeah, team undead. Um, I'm not sure. I think I don't know. I might have been fascinated by the models, and to be honest, um, and yeah, didn't really start playing cricks yeah it took, took me 12 months to go oh no i really want to play these guys and then did not turn back so still hung on to the trolls for a while sold them you know a few years ago now but well probably five six years ago now but um yeah i don't know i was just uh, i think getting into the game and the artwork and so when i first started i had, had my two buddies one played kator because he just loved the artwork and the big kator jack uh my other friend played circle and for whatever reason yeah picked up uh, picked up trolls and then you know, we, the three of us, uh, played for quite a long time, and then our little meta grew a little bit, and then, uh, and then yeah, it was something I, I was obviously a, might have been, I don't know, I was trying to resist for a period of time, but then I uh, was all in, so, and as I said, never looked back. And uh, some highlights, uh, obviously, we were fortunate enough to win the WTC in 2018. Uh, had a couple of close misses where I made the. Uh, Iron Gauntlet finals two years in a row, but unfortunately lost to the wonderful Pat Dunford. Um, and uh, have won the uh, CanCon, the, the big, very big Australian tournament, a couple of years, uh, not in a row, but I've won, a, won that twice. Um, and been out of plenty of other big events as well. So he seemed to have an affinity uh, with coming second as well. <laughs> but you know, you, can, you can't win them all. <laughs> it's true. Um, so the main reason we had you on, uh, recently you, you went to an event and got skunked and, and your, you were heading to your other one and your significant other said that, uh, you'd have to hang your head in shame if you didn't come back a victor. And <laughs> that's, right. that's right. We went to, we went to Canberra, <clears throat> catch up to, uh, Andrew Hayden and, uh, I was very, very much out of practice. Uh, played a few games on more table, but just not really too many table reps. And I went there, and my first game was against James, which was a cracker of a game, um, and and got beaten. And then just seemed to, uh, I don't know, it was just shaking the rust off and taking nothing away from my opponents, but then just played badly and didn't win a game. And then we were gearing up for this team event, and I'll talk about that more uh, about team events and how much I love them and all the rest of it. But... Uh, Yes, I was leaving, yes. Um, Linda gave me a kiss and said, uh, good luck, I hope you do well. And then being a very cheeky, lovely lady, she, she said, uh, but that won't be too hard because you didn't win a game last time. So uh, 
<laughs> so yes, and then when I shared that with my team, uh, who are amazing guys, and this is uh, the WTC team that I'm going on to, we all had a great laugh, and and yes, so uh, the burn was real, and then uh, we started to play in the in in the team event, and um, yeah, it was mentioned a few times about you know I had a lot of work to do otherwise to bring shame. So yes, that no, was a lot of fun. So so. Uh... We will get to some list of questions. I do want to first talk a little bit about um, the list that you took and and why you took them and and if they would be different uh, if it wasn't a team event. So, um, I guess first off, did you what what list did you end up uh, end up taking? So I had a uh, a Kachev two list in Black Industries and a Scar one list in uh, Scourge of the Broken Coast. Um, Currently, right now, I think they are probably well, definitely Karchev too. I think he's he's really the sole pillar um, in the faction, and that would be represented by I played him. We, we had in our team event, we had six rounds, and I played him every single time. Um, and the Scar One list was there specifically for a couple of matchups uh, that I was um, trying to counter, particularly trolls, um, but. Uh, if it wasn't a team event, I reckon I'd probably still take the two. There is some some glaring weaknesses within Cricks, um, I believe, in the current meta, particularly into Circle at the moment. I think Circle's on a bit of a tear. Um, we don't have too many great answers for some of the Circle lists, in my opinion. Um, but um, but yeah, for obviously being a team event, um, you can with a pairing process, you can try to avoid some of those bad matchups. Um, but yeah, I think my obviously variants on the particular list, but I think definitely Karchev would 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 be the front runner. I think you'll find in most Crick's pairings um, in a competitive nature, and then there is a <clears throat> quite a few different casters you could potentially pair with her. Um, obviously, I'd say probably Scar One and Scar Three is probably very strong. Venethrax is getting some miles now, which is pretty good. Um, so yeah, there's some some other options there, um, and I think for me um, particularly. Uh, I'm sure a good term, but you know, you, you kinda you kinda resort back to what you're comfortable with and obviously <clears throat> I am with Scar One. So the list is is a little different. Um but yeah, mainly to help shore up against uh, the trolls, particularly Magic Three pairing. So um there's a fair bit of um grievous wounds and other bits and pieces in there and, and it's quite cute having two lists that, that uh have a lot of boosted attack rolls between Dark Guidance and Full Throttle, so that kind of helps too uh, in terms of not there's a huge amount of defense skews in the game these days but it does kind of cover that as well which is kind of nice so would you did you feel like uh the the choices you made were influenced by this being a, a team event or is this similar to what you'd be playing in a, a person uh, uh, no, one, one event yeah not really no <clears throat> um i think if i was in a, in a one event i honestly i think i would take a pretty similar pairing and and i know over the years, many people <clears throat> have talked about tournaments and fields and and whatnot, and trying to specifically um, counter against um, different matchups. But honestly, I think it would be a matter of, for me, I, I would take those two, and if I hit circle, well, then I'd be in a, like obviously trying to dodge circle, and if I hit them, then yeah, it becomes a pretty, depending on what their pairings are, it becomes a pretty interesting game. I think favoured almost heavily favoured to circle. Um, and then you just obviously try to see if you, you're in that matchup where you've played that game more times than them and if there's any opportunities if they make a mistake and try to capitalise on it. But I think, yes, if I was if I was going to 
say a, a lock and load uh, Masters event, I, I would be pretty comfortable. I'd be taking my, my two lists that I that I played uh, in the team event in Australia last weekend. All right. Well, is there anything you wanted to say or cover before we um, dive into the questions? I think if we, we dive into the questions, then I might, depending on how our time that we're doing, I might uh, talk a bit more in detail about why I love team events and, and some of the stuff that we're, you know, like just the thought processes and the camaraderie and stuff that we can talk about and uh, maybe in the second episode once we get through these questions. All right. So uh, first question from BCCB. Um, he says, what do you think the main differences are between the Cricks and Kador versions of Karchev 2? Which do you think is better, putting aside your Cricks bias? So <clears throat> heavily influenced by the, the themes, um, I mm. believe that Cricks have an option of, of two themes. You could play them in being the Scourge and being Black Industries. Black Industries with Carapace, I think, is a very good um, because it is a massive deterrent for shooting lists and depending on your builds um and scourge makes the list hit incredibly hard um plus two mat and plus four damage if you incorporate uh dark shroud with the warrior model i think is it makes it very powerful for the variants of cricks uh warjacks that you would use um whereas i think kador sits nicely in that balance i mean with the the native uh high armor and then their their incredibly good jacks that hits very hard i think um you know from the crick's point of view you've kind of got to pick which direction that you want to go in and then try to mitigate um the weakness of what i quickly mean by that if you're going to go black industries i think you're much much harder to shoot but then you don't hit as hard and if you go down um the scourge then obviously you hit very hard and very accurately um but you just need to be mindful of in the matchup process you could be potentially vulnerable to shooting. You can try to shore up that weakness by taking some inflictors and shield guards, but even though in that theme they're still going to be armor 19, so there's quite a few lists out there that can can shoot pretty hard and hit pretty hard, um, whereas I think some lists, if they see a, a bunch of armor 22 or armor 23 jacks uh, versus shooting with some sprinkling of shield guards in there as well, it's it's, it's a pretty good deterrent that you're not, that you're not going to be able to shoot through that. Uh, Kachev 2 in Cricks... Again, because of the ease access of, of Dark Shroud between um, mainly X6 is 4, um, I think he has the potential to hit harder, his personal output. Um, but Sorcia Zero in Kador is very good because she can put boundless charge on him. So his personal threat under feet could be 14 inches and outside of feet um, gets him up to 12, which is still very respectable. Um, whereas obviously Crick's is, is catches, uh, threat will go back down to 10 when he's, when he's not feeding. Um, <clears throat> so at the moment, I'd say in terms of a head-to-head matchup, um, and we've been playing this a fair bit, I think Kador Kachev into Crick's Kachev, the Kador Kachev is slightly advantaged, I feel, because um, cause I think their jacks are just a bit more durable, so it takes more effort, a lot of boosting damages and, and whatnot for the Crick's jacks to... to to get through the Kador jacks. Um, and I think both are very viable. Um, and the uh, the Kador theme um, is also very good, giving them Pathfinder, getting to put the forest down. Having native Pathfinder jacks is, is very good in terms of um, in the corner case situation, if you have to trample, um, having Pathfinder being able to trample for free um, th- via th- full throttle is, is, is very powerful, whereas 
the Crooks, the only pathfinder they get is from Onslaught when they when they get relentless charge. Um, so, I mean, people could argue, um, you know, it's a coin toss. Um, and I think obviously with it, with it, I do like just the subtleties of of that they like the strengths and weaknesses of um, a Crooks catch of two as opposed to a Kato catch of two. So they're not just exactly the same, um, or you know, they're not. Um, I mean, obviously, different factions and strengths and weaknesses, but they're just so subtle differences, and I think it's a different experience playing into each of them. Um, and um, I think, as I said, head-to-head, I think Kator is, is slightly advantaged. Um, and then people could say, well, if you take a Scourge list, but then if K- if the Kator player um, has a couple of shooting jacks, particularly Behemoth, I think that that would also be very good at kind of dictating the matchup because he, they can happily sit there and put out some ranged uh, output you know the Crick's player that doesn't you can't really sit there and and win a shoot off against them um and uh so you've kind of got to commit which is what the Kato player kind of wants um it's kind of who gets the alpha but it's kind of interesting because i don't think that like the way the list work is the alphas are good but it's not like you're really offering and, and uh like taking everyone's models off the board it's kind of like you know two heavyweight boxes kind of punching on but who can get the first couple of punches in might you know be better in the long run all right, so next question from BCCB. He says, uh, <laughs> which version of Cardship 2 would win in the head-to-head if Chris Davies was commanding the Kador list against your Crixian forces? <laughs> well, I think I kind of alluded to a little bit in the in the previous <laughs> answer, but <clears throat> Chris Davies being the, the god of war machine that he is, um, I think he would win. And we have played that matchup a couple of times, and he, uh, he did win. Uh, so... Um, yeah, I think I think Kador is advantaged, unless you took a really specific list to play against uh, Kador um, Kachev too. But I I feel that doing that um, probably dilutes the strengths of what the Crick's um, Kador oh, sorry Kachev two list does. Um, so I don't know if that is a great strategy. I think Kador has a deeper bench of casters and options and and bits and pieces, whereas I don't think. Crix does so you probably find that if you wanted to make something more specific for that you might find that you are weaker into the rest of the field so you might not even get to that game where you're playing Kachev too so that's just my feel all right so next question um as the all things Crix expert help me build a 75 point list with four shade one at the helm what theme should so, it be what jacks what solos what's the primary win condition so I'll be honest here, I cheated and I've been doing a bit of homework on this one. So I've come up with two lists and one of them is a a bit of a rebuild of the old, remember back in the day, Will Pagani was, he was exploring Cricks. I think this was, well, don't quote me, but maybe 2015, 16, something around like, like that. And he talked about a Gorshade list that he built. Um, obviously the game has evolved since then so this would be in the black industries theme and the idea behind will's list was to um have very high armor jacks particularly against living models um and supported by a lot of mechanothrals um and the idea being that they've got to obviously be able to have good uh anti-infantry clearing because you've got a lot of mechanothrals plus been able to hit hard um because of the jacks so the list is um Gorshade, this is in Black Industries, Gorshade with the Wither Shadow Combine, and the battle group is Deathjack, Brathium, and an Inflictor. There's Dara Wraith in there. I have three Necrotex and a Warwick Siren. Um, 
I also have Asphyxious 4 with a Talon. Uh, and then I have three units of Mechanothralls, all minimum units, with the requisition points as being three Brute Thralls. So I do like that, as in you get the 18 points worth of requisition points, and two units of the Necrosurgeon and Stitch Thralls. So the concept behind this, and, and to answer that question about what is wind condition, I think this primary wind condition would be uh, attrition and um, also scenario as well. You'd ambush one unit of Mechanothralls, and with Deathwalker and Darragraith, you're trying to get Deathjack up to armor 23 against living models and uh, positioning him in, in a way. Uh, Brathrim is there as well, uh, so he goes up to armor 22 and the Inflictor goes up to armor uh, 23 as well. Um, and uh, with Exfixius, you put some clouds down. Um, Gorshade can make his battle group go uh, stealth So and Black Industry, so you naturally have good counters towards shooting lists. There's obviously a lot of shield guards in there with the Inflictor and the Brute Thralls, um, and you're walking up the board and positioning so when they come into you, that's going to be very hard for you, for them, obviously, to clear out your battle group, and then you can obviously counter-punch pretty well with the feet uh, and uh, all the infantry. And then the second one I built, which I'm actually probably a little bit more fond of, is um, the Scourge list, um, and... I'm taking this in the premise that I'd be, say, pairing this with, say, Karchev 2 with, in, in a Black Industries um, in a black industry theme. So you're trying to deter your opponent from dropping that shooting list because if they get a shooting list into Karchev, it's probably not going to be fun for them. So this is a Scourge of the Broken Coast. So this is Gorshade with a Satixis Blood Priestess because you're after the free upkeep. Battle group consists of Brathim, Reaper, and a Seether. Um, the Reaper's there just for obvious, for um, some projection with the drag. I have Archeos with the Charyptus, two Warwick Sirens, two units of Satixis Blood Witches with the Hags, Cephalix Overlords, and Exfixius Four with Cankerworm. So <clears throat> with um, with your spell Shadowmancer, and you look at that list, that would have every a single model has stealth with the exception of Charyptus and Exfixius 4. Exfixius 4 is obviously you can use Terrain and his clouds, and Charyptus has Prow and he can deploy his own little smoke cloud. So the concept being that um, it's going to be pretty good to be able to deliver. Um, his feet is perfect with um, with Gang Fighter with the Jacks because he can feet for the thralls, the Bane thralls that can hit hard, and then they, they apply that plus 2 to hit, plus 4 damage that we talked about. Um, which is great for the battle group. The Bra uh, Brathrim, the Seether, and Cryptus can all hit extremely hard under those conditions. Um, so, yeah, I think that could be a bit of fun. Um, again, it's all theorycraft, but, um, yeah, I think that would be a pretty cool list to play. Um, so, yeah, and I'll, so if I had to pick the two, it would be the it would be the second list. That's what I'd be definitely trying to play and have a bit of fun and see how it goes. All right, so uh, next question from BCCB. Um, he says, now that some time has passed since the 2021 update, do you believe that it did enough for Cricks? Certainly was very good for Cricks. Um, did it do enough? In a world where Karchev 2 doesn't exist, I would say no. And I know that the update, Karchev 2 had nothing to do with the update. Um, so for me, realistically, if Karchev 2 didn't exist, I'd probably be in a tough spot um, in, a, in a competitive sense kind of without him, which is a, a little disappointing. People will have different opinions, of course. Um, there's still some very strong casters and 
one benefit is that the two theme forces, in my opinion, Scourge and um, Black Industries are, are very strong. I think the ability to have ambushes is great. Um, the two other theme forces being Carapace and Gang Fighting for your Jacks is, is some of the best, I, I believe. Um, so there's certainly a lot of um, a lot of positives that, that, that came out of that um, 2021 update. Um, could have they made things a little different? Yes, I think they could have. It would have been exciting maybe to look at some of the other casters. I mean, that, they did some interesting things like giving Denegra 3 some extra boxes and uh, a few extra warjack points in, in a few different places. But, um, I mean, they're certainly solid and maybe I've you know got my old Mark II Crick's goggles on thinking about you know, how some, some of those casters were and what they did. And obviously I'm not advocating that we need to go back to those days. But um, I don't know. I just see some of the other casters in the game, particularly things like, say, Felsir and, um, I mean, still Wormwood. And they do a lot of stuff. And, you know, I feel that, um, you know, some of the casters could have probably... It would have been good to see if they got a little bit of a tweak. Some of the other ones, like... Um, and I, know I think there's a question later on about um, Archeos 2... Like, you know, I would have loved to maybe see some ex- stuff happening with him or maybe um, Mortenebra. Mortenebra won. I know that they changed her, her play style and they took away terminal velocity. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel some of those, you look at some of those casters and even sometimes maybe even Gorshed won, you look at them and go, oh, yeah, they're cute. Or, you know, it's like, nah. compared to what some of the other people have, it's like, yeah, I think some of them are just a little underwhelming. And I know... You know, in a game that's as big as this, that you're always going to have, you know, things at the top and and things, you know, down the bottom. But it just feels that uh, I feel that some of those playstyles and some of the things Cricks do are probably a little bland now. Where it'd be kind of cool to get some kind of different mechanics or 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 some different kind of tricks that they do that just allows some some innovative playstyles and and other bits and pieces. I think that would be cool for for Cricks. All right. So uh, next question from BCCB. He says. Um, are there factions, warcasters, warlocks that you believe are silver bullets against the current Crick's meta? Yeah, I think Circle have a lot. And that's probably more so the faction than actual casters in the sense of um, the current way that they're... Uh, the introduction of uh, Kruger Zero with that plus two strength buff, they can make their heavies hit very, very, very hard. Um, so, but then you put in some... Uh, like line of sight blocking or aerodynamic, particularly say with Wormwood, um, and then he's oh, he he comes with a armor debuff as well, so it just kind of pushes it even a bit further. Um, there's some, I think Felsi is pretty good too from Red. Uh, we've been playing a fair few games of that, um, and she seems to be very powerful just with the the bounty tokens and you know ways to put prey or um, reroll damage and other bits and pieces, which just help swing numbers particularly if you're fighting against a, a Warjack-heavy battle group that's, that's kind of resistant. Just those kind of things, I think, make a big difference. Um, but generally speaking, I think, uh, probably looking at this, it, it's more those casters probably have silver bullets into Kachev too, because as I said before, I think he's 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 got the he's got the faction on his shoulders at the moment. Um, and uh, and then outside of that, I think Madrak 3 is another very strong caster as well. I think Madrak's feet... I know it's dependent on if you can roll a four plus, but his feats can be quite quite puzzling as well. Um, particularly trying to hit things and then have it move out of your way, and because you've got uh, most armies, um, in, unless you're taking a, a like a specific just desecrators everywhere, most um, most catch of two lists have 
battle group heavy, so you don't have a plethora of attacks. You can obviously put a pretty fair big footprint with your with your jacks and the change to the game where their melee range um, obviously went to one, so you can obviously get in there and do a fair bit of work. But if you're hitting a model and then it's able to move and just simply just move out of your way and then use you as sorry, use the attacking model as a, as a bit of a blocker for the next model coming in um, can be quite frustrating. Um, and their ability to hit hard um, as well and, and, and counterpunch can can do quite well. So I'd say, yeah, combination of Circle, some Ret have some good options and, and Trolls at the moment are, are pretty good. And obviously Kador, Kachev 2 as well, I think is a pretty good silver bullet. Kachev 2, Kador is pretty good into, into Kachev 2 Cricks. All right, so final question from BCCB. He says, uh, why won't Cricks help the imminent second Orgoth invasion? It seems like a missed opportunity for Toruk to garner praise as the Iron Kingdom savior. <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, maybe he is uh, thinking that uh, he's been he's been the pinup bad boy for such a long time that even if he comes back and can stop the Orgoth invasion, they still won't, you know, give him his pay him his dues for uh, for saving them. Uh, or maybe he had part of a part of a greater plan for. Uh, Maybe the Orgoth to go in there and um, weaken them to make it easier for him to to uh, carry out what evil plan that he has. All right. So uh, next question is Mistwalker816. Uh, he says, what types of things are difficult for Crick's Cartridge 2 and what types of stuff did it crush? I think it crushed shooting lists. I'll jump to the second part because it's easy to answer. I think it crushed shooting lists and uh, I think it's – very good into um, a lot of living things. Mainly, I mean, I know that um, I know. K- uh, sorry, Kador can take the Death Icon as well. But I think um, you know a lot of lot of living infantry. Um, I mean, even weapon masters, as long as they can't be double weapon masters, um, <clears throat> then uh, I think that the, it does quite well just because you can stack your armor to be you know around that 22, 23, and then Death Ward applied. You know that twenty. That um, you know, 24, 25 kind of mark is is pretty hard for things to to crack. So that's where it kind of went really well for me. Um, and as I said, alluded to before, just mainly circles, but things that can just hit so hard. So when you're armor 23, but they're coming in at power 23, it's a it's a it's a bit of a null. And then when they have high mat or they charge for free, and they get all their melee attacks in at you because it's um, Kruger Zero Spell gives all their melee attacks um, two-inch melee, so you're getting hit with, you know, if it's a Stalker, you're getting hit with the Bite and um, and the Sword, and if it gets Hunter's Mark, and, uh, you know, it's, it's going to hit you pretty hard, and then being able to sprint away is also frustrating. Sprint behind some terrain or behind a cloud or behind a forest or things like that. Um, so that's what I think where, where Kruger's Catcher 2 kind of struggled is where they could, things can just hit much, much harder than you. I had... A game in a practice game some time ago where there was a, a Makita one mammoth list, and with the blind walker and that mammoth like hitting at power 24 or whatever it was. I mean that was just too powerful. So I did try to go in and kill it and and left it on like three or four boxes. Um, and uh, obviously two turns of the mammoth doing work can can uh, punch a lot of cricks heavy. So even even when I'm high armor, just it just punches too hard. So that that's probably the weakness for um, for for Kachev two. And to be fair. In both Cricks and Kador, if you can, if you know, if you can punch in that 23, 24 plus mark, then I think even with all the buffs and all the stuff that he does, then you're just going to trade badly. Um, 
And uh, the list obviously just wasn't the Mammoth. It had other pieces on it too. It was a pretty good list. So you know, Slaughterhouses and Mullet Khan and other heavies. And with um, with Rage from the Rassler and um, the uh, Beast Handlers giving them free charges and plus two strength, you know, plus five plus five damage is, is, is pretty good. All right. So uh, next question, we've got a, a set of questions from Ben up. Uh, first one, he says how to win Cricks. <laughs> well, uh, looking at his question there too, obviously he's got Cricks chair with crossed out. So it's true, <clears throat> yes. I think that is, as I said before, having him is is um, is a big advantage. Um, his play style, um, coupled with the theme bonus, um, in in my instance, obviously a lot of it being Black Industries, um, kind of th- reduces what. What uh, a good matchups into that list, and uh, and then it's obviously just a matter of obviously, obviously playing well, and more importantly, which I have done, and back to that example I said when I when I went down to Canberra is is, is keeping him alive. He's not he's he is a heavy warjack with focus, but he can die. So I lost a few games by getting him assassinated. So you kind of learn the hard way. But that's uh, if you can keep him alive and keep him relevant, um, and keep him contributing, and that's obviously a fine fine line that's where i got him killed plenty of times because i wanted him to do a bit of work it's just kind of knowing when he just needs to be there as a threatening presence or actually needs to roll the sleeves up and and start swinging that axe then that's a big help to to uh, enable you to win uh next question from ben up he says uh when will you finally ascend to lichdom and show the world how to properly crit well uh i don't want to you know create the meta as you know some some uh hot off the press you know big world sweeping statements, but um, this, and this also goes to answering his last question too, this coming WTC mm, very much might be the last of mine. And in terms of, you know, super competitive war machine, uh, nothing negative towards the game or anything like that. It's just that uh, my life is obviously for all positive reasons, become very busy and uh, particularly with my partner and her son. So my partner priorities have kind of shifted somewhat and, um, so I think, yeah, it's uh, it could be the last ride uh, towards the end of the year if, if we all make it to Belgium and, and, and play. So uh, that would, would probably be my, my last chance to, to see if I can do that. Alrighty. So next question from Ben up. Um, he says, uh, it seems like the opinion of uh, Karchev 2 has shifted a bit from best played to Kador to best played in Cricks. Uh, why do you think that is? What strengths can... He offered cricks that aren't in Kador. Uh, first off, do you is is that an assessment you share, or or do you think that uh, the community is wrong? No, I think, and I think I I, I uh, explain a lot of this a bit oh, earlier, a little, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. Um, I was when he first came out. I was definitely I, I wasn't in the opinion of he was his best in one particular faction or the other. I think they just offered them mainly with the themes and some of the solo pieces. He just kind of gave you different different options to play in. Um, and uh, sorry, one thing that I, I blanked on before in terms of the advantage, obviously for playing him in Cricks, because uh, I made the reference to Sorcia zero. If you take Denegra zero, having that other armor buff as well. Um, it always depends on kind of how you build your list and how you want your list to work. Um, there's plenty of good options there too. In terms of the Jack layouts, people obviously are liking what Desecrators are doing at the moment. And they had some very interesting play style, particularly against um, infantry denial um, because of those templates that they put down, those void templates. Um, so, again, I think it depends on um, 
like there's some great things in Cater as well. Those those clam jacks are amazing. You know, having them um, and then putting Deathwater on, having an Armour 27 jack that can't be pulled um, is, uh, or oh, sorry, can't be pushed or, or, or slammed is a very great anchor um, and stops against a lot of things. Um, so, you know, I think there's very great argument for, you know, you play them in Cater, you get this set of tools and things that you can do and understand what that is and what the team benefit gives you and then you play it in Cricks and it's the same thing, but obviously just a different different set of parameters and just obviously what your play styles are and what you're trying to achieve um, and importantly, what you're trying to pair it with as well, what you're trying to mitigate. Um, having him, from my point of view, having Kachev in Cricks in that theme is trying to bully people that they don't want to play their list that has guns. Um, there's quite a lot of good factions there that have, and not just pure gun lines, but even just those couple of pieces in the list where you um, prior to would be good for initiating, you know, um, kind of the peace trading or you're sitting there with a with a heavy um, or a couple of heavies with, with some high-powered long-range shooting can sit there and shoot you. And then as you've been on the receiving end, you've got to say to yourself, well, you know, do I need to get over there and try to kill those guys? Do I have answers for that? Uh, you know, how am I going to play into that? Whereas with the Cricks and the theme is that they can have some good guns, but then, you know, when it's dice minus seven and dice, you know, things like that, and even a high-powered shot, you know, on average may only do, you know, three, four, five kind of damage to you. And if you've got some mechanics and repairers and other bits and pieces in your list, um, if you've got shield guards, so if they've got multiple shots, you can share that damage around. You can really kind of, kind of mitigate that threat and then you can then don't have to worry about chasing over the, the, the board to, to get those things. You can then start setting up pressure on the scenario and say, well, if you want to stand over there with your, your high-powered gun, but I'm standing in the zone or you need to come and tow the zone, otherwise I'm going to start putting scenario pressure on you. I think that's some of the, the real benefits of what that Crick's list in that theme with Karchev can do. And with his feet, having a 13-inch or 12-inch threat is very also very powerful because you can cover all the scenario pieces with that threat. So um, coupling that with the example that I gave is that, you know, you could be sitting there with your, with your Vindicator that's shooting me, but um, if I'm there and I'm able to kind of spread the damage and mitigate the damage and put scenario pressure and you have to come up and contest the zone or you've got to use other pieces to come up and contest the zone and you're looking at trading and then I think that gives you a really great opportunity, um, you know, and a, a, a good good strategy for kind of countering those lists. Um, and then th- those that are just uh, – those lists that are all in on shooting, I think, just can't be dropped into into Cricks, Kador, uh, sorry, Cricks, Kachev 2. Um, they just don't have enough damage to be able to punch through them. Um, and then they find themselves in melee or they just get forced out of scenario and it's, it's, it's not great for those. So that's – I think that's the benefits that what he does for – for Cricks, and as I said, I touched on before what I think he does for uh, for Kato, which is also very good. All right, so uh, next question from Ben Up. Um, he says, uh, "What what strengths does Karchev bring to a pairing, and what weaknesses does he bring?" I think he's a the strengths that he gives is particularly against. Uh, he's obviously uh, very durable, as I said before. He's a heavy warjack, can be repaired, has focus to reduce um, damage. So he's very durable and he's very hard to assassinate. Um, so I think just off the bat, that's um, compared to, compared to scale one, I'll just use, I'll, I'll make that comparing. I'm uh, playing it for such as long as I have, you know, with the right preparation and placement on her feet turn, she's 
pretty hard to kill. But outside of that, um, and there's so many things now that you can use in, in the game to, like I remember back when Mark Two Days, Jay, when you know you'd have Scar behind a wall at defense twenty, you know you'd be like, well, it's going to be pretty hard unless you can knock it down, which obviously you could take the um, take the the uh, Satixis, uh captain and you'd have her so you couldn't be knocked down. You're like, I don't think anything's going to be able to hit well. I think the game's changed where a lot of debuffs um, and things like stationary and other, you know, some some other parts of the game sprays, things like that. So um, back to Kachev, I think you'll find that he's he's just very hard to kill, which is good. And his personal threat is also very good. So if you're playing a game where, um, let's just pretend it's, say, two battle group heavy lists and, um, you know, you're kind of trading heavies, <clears throat> very, very basic example, but you're kind of trading heavies and you get to the stage where, um, you know, their final heavy kills your last heavy, um, but it's obviously taken a bit of damage, you know, during the game. And then in your turn, your card chef can come up and clean up their heavy and sit there camping, you know, maybe three or four focus against not all, but a lot of the casters in the field, they're going to struggle to kill him. Um, as long as you're not losing on scenario and as long as your time is okay, then he can become a bully. Um, there's not too many... There's not too many casters that can can take him on one on one, so you can kind of leverage that, um, which is good. His his personal output is is extremely good. Um, I think he supports his army very well with his with his spare with his spell lists, um, and um, so yeah, I think that is clearly one of his strengths. Um, one of his weaknesses, well, I suppose this comes more from experience than anything, is to know how far to push him and and as I alluded to before, I've certainly, you know, got him killed plenty of times. Um so you kind of just kind of know, you know, where's a safe place for him to sit. Sometimes it's a matter of him just sitting there and threatening the peace trade. You know, there's a heavy in front of him and and, you know, they don't want that heavy getting into something. So, you know, having Karchev there is that that uh threatening, bullying kind of piece. Um or sometimes, yeah, he's got a if things are getting tough, he's got to roll the sleeves up and get in there and, and do some work himself. Um, and, you know, his spell list is really cool too. And it's when I first started to play it and then, like, Arbitrator is a very great spell. Um, you know, Onslaught, Locked Horns and Full Throttle, um, you know, are obviously pretty easy to see. Where where do you put Death – sorry, where do you put Death Ward? Sometimes you put it on him. Sometimes you put it on a Jack. You know, that that's pretty interesting as well to think about when you're doing – and also um, – Meet for the machine when you proc that free spell and what, what do you do with it? Obviously seeing some other people play in the event and some ideas from some of my teammates as well, you know, is, is knowing that maybe when he comes in, you know, my kind of auto default was I'd be, say, casting full throttle and then getting that spell and casting locked horns. But, you know, there's times in the game where um, you've got to identify that it's obviously Karchev is that linchpin. Uh, and I know that's obvious because obviously the game in an assassination, but it's not about casting lock horns. You might just want to put, Death Ward on him um, because obviously Locked Horns doesn't help you with shooting if they're going to try to shoot Karchev or, you know, your ability to be able to, um, you know, use that coupled with Varag Wraith or, uh, you know, and, and and doing that same thing, obviously casting full throttle and then getting there and then casting Arbitrator is a great, great application too because you can get so much focus worth of work from your, your battle group that's engaged to get an additional attack. Yeah. So there's obviously a fair bit in there that you can kind of think about. It's not just simply having him and just marching him forward and then, you know, winning the game, so to speak. So I think that's uh, a pretty good synopsis of, you know, his strengths and weaknesses and thinking of, of uh, how you can play him. 
All right. So next question. Um, what what do you think are the things that you would pair with Parchif 2? What would you consider the, the bones of the list? And uh, what do you think are some, some good options beyond that? So just I'll, I'll answer this just purely with a Crick's focus. Um, my preference, as I said, to put him in a black industry. So I'm looking at a – I'm looking to um, – some lists that don't necessarily um, – sorry, I, I'd be looking to pair with him most likely Scourge, which one of its weaknesses is against shooting um, because he obviously is a bully towards shooting and I don't think people want to be finding themselves into that matchup. Um, there is still element of some list chicken, but I think you can predict it quite well depending on scenario and what's actually in there at your opponent's list and so forth. Um, but um, – in my case, I think I mentioned before, say maybe a Scar 1 or a Scar 3 in um, Scourge. Um, and then if you go for a Scar 1, it, I think that's also going to lead to a more a melee-eccentric kind of army. But Scar 3 obviously is a good situation where you could look at um, a bit of a gun line with her. So you could kind of find yourself in a situation where you've got a pretty good anti-shooting list and a pretty good shooting list yourself. Um, and with her D-cell and other bits and pieces, it's it's not... Like if you get in that other matchup, it's not not completely terrible. Um, so I think that's probably for Crix's point of view. That's probably the two pairs potential pairs that I'll be looking at is probably the most um, probably the most well rounded at this stage. Um, and then the other outlier could potentially be a Venethrax list as well. I think he's there's some interesting things about him, mainly with uh, lamentation and his feet and um, and uh, just some of the things that he does with terminal velocity and stuff as well is in a way kind of leveraging that boosted attack rolls good against living models, things like that. I think that's, that's probably where I'd be looking at. All right. So uh, next question, you, you obviously paired scar one with cart of two. Are there, are there any other options that you would potentially consider? Yeah. As I said, I'd definitely look at um, scar three could be an option there too. And maybe even depending on, it kind of goes in waves, and I know the objective's always in there, but maybe like a Denegro 2. Um, Either you could go Scar 1, say, with, with Wraith Engines would be interesting for that uh, Incorporeal. I had a lot of success with that back in 2019 just because everything kind of, you know, all that kind of fell, having Incorporeal kind of fell out of fell out of the game. Um, and let's not forget the changes to, uh, which I probably should have touched on back in that question before about the 2020, the, the dynamic update, but... Um, Ghost Fleet, obviously. I still think there's a place for Ghost Fleet as well. They went back to the rules that they used to when it was terrorised in the meta back in 2017 with um, having all the models recur, been able to attack, and also having that point blank, so they got two melee attacks. Um, so that could be an outsider as well. I'm doing some doing some uh, bit of experimenting with uh, potential Ghost Fleet lists as well, seeing their viability uh, back into the meta, which I think they can... Um, is it better than what my current pairing is? I'm not sure yet, um, but there's definitely some options there. All right. Well, we are going to pause there on this first episode and uh, finish up the questions in the next episode, uh, the bonus episode. So stay tuned. Uh, back to the podcast, and you can hear more of Aaron's dulcet tones. Uh, as always, check out discountgamesinc.com for your gaming needs and uh, thank you to everyone who backs the podcast and thank you, Aaron, for getting up early and, and doing this podcast with me. Absolutely. I'm excited for, I'm excited for round two. All right. 
stay tuned.